Go ahead and turn in your Bibles, if you will, to the book of uh, Isaiah chapter 7. We're just going to look at a few passages uh, here in just a moment. Before we begin, though, I want to know how many of you have finished your Christmas shopping? Oh, we got a few. Okay. How many of you have not even started your Christmas shopping? Oh, see, don't even clap for these people. Um, and I only say that because my wife does all the Christmas shopping. But, uh, but I want you to think about your Christmas list for just a moment as we get into the lesson. I want you to think about, first of all, those people that you, you enjoy buying for. You know, maybe it's that favorite aunt. Maybe it's your best friend. Maybe it's that person that likes the same stuff you like. You know what I mean? You know, you just love, you can't wait. And they just, they appreciate it. They just, they just, you know, and you like to do things for those folks. But I want you to think now about the people on your list that you don't like to buy for. And you, they're on your list because you have to have them on your list. You know what I'm talking about. They're family. Or they're, you know, maybe your boss. Uh, but you feel like, you know what, I've got to buy them. I have to. I have to keep them on my list. But you know what? They just never seem to appreciate what you get them. They never say thank you. Maybe they've even told you before, you know what, I really don't like this. Maybe they've returned, and you know, they return your stuff every time you get it. And you just like, you hate buying for those people. They just don't appreciate it. Well, welcome to the story of humanity. From the very outset in Genesis chapter 1, we see God's love for us. He created the world, all things, out of nothing. He spoke the light into existence. He, he created, he, he, he made the sun, the moon, the stars. He separates the, the waters from the dry land, and, and, and not necessarily in that order. But, uh, you know, he creates all living things. And we, as humanity, we were the pinnacle. We were made in the image of God. And everything that God has created up to this point has all been about preparing this wonderful place for these humans. He makes this incredible garden that I just imagine is full of, of colors and smells and, and, and this fruit that tastes more delicious than anything that we've ever tasted before and rivers that are running through it and, and peace and harmony and, and they're met with the very presence of God. But God didn't create us robots, did he? Remember, we're made in his image. God is free, and he made us free. He allowed us to make choices, and we didn't do so well. We continue not to do so well. Adam and Eve, they decided that they were going to doubt God's love and trust. And they decided to kind of take matters into their own hands. They wanted to be their own God. And it set humanity on this on this path of continual of sin and separation from the Father. And, it, it's, and, and yet in the midst of it all, we see God's love. 
He doesn't destroy Adam and Eve. He doesn't say, you know what? You've just proven you don't want me, and look what all I've done for you. And we know that there were consequences. We know that there's punishment as in Genesis chapter 3. And yet it's in the midst of all of that that we find this great promise, the first of the promises, that there's one who's going to come into the world. One who is going to come and he's going to bring deliverance and salvation. And it is the story of the Bible and we just see it as we go through Scripture all of this unfolding before us. And we see them in these great prophecies, and they're all talking about the one who's coming in these prophecies. You look at chapter 7, Isaiah 7, verse 14. He says, Therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and shall call his name Emmanuel. Emmanuel, does anybody know what it means? God with us. God with us, the one who's going to come, is born of the virgin, is going to set the captives free, is going to suffer on our behalf, is going to take our punishment. In fact, all that's prophesied in Isaiah. Look at Isaiah chapter 53. Isaiah chapter 53, this is the part where he's, the one who's coming is known as, a, he's going to suffer. But notice about his suffering in verse 4, surely he has borne our griefs, he has carried our sorrows, yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God, and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. Upon him was the chastisement that brought us peace. That's the peace that Peyton talked about last week. And with his wounds we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned every one to his own way. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. Look at chapter 61. In verse 1, it's talking about his ministry, his purpose in coming to the earth. And he says, the Spirit of God is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and the opening of the prisons to those who are bound. These are the first, these are just some of the prophecies that we find in the Old Testament. There's over 300 that are scattered throughout the First Testament. It's, it's powerful stuff. And if you know, we, we've talked about Isaiah in this series each week, and Isaiah is a real, really, it's a bipolar book. I mean, it's got the punishment. It talks about the absolute failure of Israel. And then it has all of this, these, this message of hope, of future hope and restoration. And it's like, why? These people have absolutely, God has given them everything. He's made them into a great nation. He's, done, he's continued, and they've failed in their purpose. Why keep them around? Why not just leave them to their own? And the answer to that is found in back in chapter 54. Look at chapter 54. I want you to see verse 10. He says, For the mountains may depart and the hills be removed. Here it is. But my steadfast love shall not depart from you, and my covenant of peace, there it is again, peace shall not be removed says the Lord who has compassion on you. 
we've sung this morning, the very beginning of the steadfast love of the Lord. We talk about it in here a lot, hesed. It is, it is loyalty and faithfulness and compassion and kindness, all of these English words rolled up into one Hebrew word. It is associated with this covenant that he speaks about here. Even though one does not hold up their end of the covenant, he says, I am faithful. Steadfast love says, I will do what I say I'm going to do. I will not leave you. I'm going to continue to try to rescue you. It, it, steadfast love manifests itself in acts of salvation and mercy and forgiveness. It's such a powerful word. One more passage I want you to look at is uh, chapter 49. Chapter 49, verse 15. And then we'll be finished with Isaiah. And listen to what he says. Can a woman forget her nursing child that she should have no compassion on the son of her womb. Even these may forget, yet I will not forget you. We know in our world today, a mother's love is so powerful, and yet we know that it's possible. It's not a, a huge possibility, but it's possible for a mother to abandon her newborn. We know it's possible because there are examples of where it is possible. But what Isaiah says is, it is impossible for that to have ever happened to God. God will never forget His children. Never. We look in our world, and, we, and most would agree, the strongest love, the strongest human love that we have in our, our world today is a mother's love. And that's the point where something is possible, even with the strongest of human love. He says it is impossible with God because his love is so strong, it's so powerful, it goes beyond anything that we can even comprehend. And that's why 700 years later, after these prophecies, we read this. And she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no place for them in the end. Love descended from heaven through a virgin. God's love was robed in the delicate skin of a newborn baby. He is the King of kings, the Lord of lords, but He didn't come as a lion. He came as a lamb. He came as an innocent baby whose sole purpose is to walk the earth in human form in perfect love. Emmanuel. God with us. Love in the form of man. The greatest gift that we have ever been offered is not some beautiful, wrapped gift that has been found under a Christmas tree. And I'm sure some of you have had some wonderful gifts, and probably some of you have got some wonderful gifts. But the greatest gift that's ever been given was wrapped 
in human form. He was wrapped in flesh. He would later be rewrapped in the scars of our sin and crucified. And he did all of this because of love. John says, in 1 John 4, verse 10, he says, In this is love, not that we have loved God, but that he has loved us and sent his Son to be a propitiation for our sins. Now, that's a word we hear every day, isn't it? Propitiation. Try to say that ten times really fast. But even better, try to define it. It's an interesting word. It means to appease by sacrifice. And that, that's even hard for us to comprehend, even at that. In other words, there is something that that one is owed, in fact, their very life, and they are not able to appease with their own sacrifice for their lives, but, but it has to be appeased because of this wrong. And so what happened is God sent his son, his own son, to die to appease through his sacrifice our own sinfulness. God's love's hard to define, isn't it? Even, even putting it that way, it's just it's hard to really wrap our minds around it completely. John tried. He tried in his letters to, to help us to understand what God's love is all about. He knew Jesus. He didn't know him just spiritually speaking. He knew him personally. And he saw love in human form as it walked this earth, as he spoke and as he taught and as he lived among other people and, and the, the things that, that he would do and the sacrifices that he would make. He saw God's love and what it looks like in its perfection in human form. Remember the time when, when Jesus was approached by this, this guy of the law, and he says, listen, what's the greatest law? You know. And Jesus says, it's love. Love is the greatest. First of all, loving the Lord your God with everything you have. And the other one works out of it in loving your neighbor as yourself. We choose. It's agape love. There are four kinds of words for love. It's, it's a little different in the English language. But love isn't a feeling. It's an action. We choose to seek the well-being of another person over ourselves. It doesn't expect anything in return especially someone who's going through a difficult situation, someone who can't even pay you back if they wanted to. It's the kind of love that reflects the heart of God. And the ultimate test of this love, the ultimate test, is how you love someone you can't stand. Hey, that's the person not even getting on the list. You know what I'm saying? You may not like to buy for certain people. You may not even like them very well. But that one person or people or whoever it is that you just absolutely can't stand, you're not even going to buy a gift for that person. And he says, that's the ultimate definition of how you treat with that person as to the love of God. John says, and this is love is the love of God was manifest among us that God sent his only son into the world so that we might live through him. 
And from that, he comes to this conclusion in verse 11. Beloved, if God so loved us, then we should love one another. The Christian faith believes that our purpose, our ultimate purpose, is to receive the love of God through Christ. And that not only are we to receive this great gift of God's love, but it is to be reciprocated not only back to God, but also in how it serves other people. And how it shows love to others. You see, Christmas, it doesn't just remind us of God's love for us. It also reminds us of of the kind of love that we are to have for other people. And that means that during this fast-paced Christmas season, we need to take times and stop and think about how we can, can serve other people, how we can show love to other folks. To ask God to put people in our, our pathway that we can show His love and so that we can go the extra mile with that person. In fact, I just kind of want to stop and pause right here in the sermon so we can do that. I want you to just kind of say a little prayer to yourself, to God. Just ask God to, to, to put somebody in your path, somebody help you to think of one person that, that needs God's love. Just do that right now. wonder if anybody's been revealed. wonder if a name has come up in your mind or a face. And maybe you say, you know what, nothing, nothing came up. That's okay. Keep praying this prayer. Just, just every day, pray this prayer. For those of you that there is a name, a face that came up, I really, I hope some of you will get in touch with me this week or next week and tell me what happened in this moment. What are you going to do with this person that I believe the Spirit of God has given to you that, that he wants you to share God's love in some way? I don't even know how. I, I'd, be, I'd be curious to hear. It's a time of year that many people are anticipating this great celebration of the birth of Jesus. But what are we to do as we anticipate and as we await the second coming of Jesus? And the answer to that question is simply this, to love. To love people who are marginalized, people who are lonely, those who are hurting, the people that Jesus loved. In fact, when we serve in humble, generous ways, the story of Jesus is being told again and again through our own lives as we exude Christ in our lives. And it's through those actions that people are reminded that there is a creator in the universe who has not forgotten us. When, 
when we love other people, God shows up. It's one of the great mysteries of, of how Christ continues to work, even in our world today. You know, there's a lot, of, a lot of things that we could talk about, and I want to give you some ideas, maybe. Uh, you don't have to necessarily take all of these ideas, or maybe it will help you, know, help you think through some of these things as, and, and think of some other things, ways that right now that you can serve other people in love, that you can be Jesus to other people. The first one I have down, and, and some of you are not going to like this, especially our kids. What if we spent less on Christmas gifts and we used that money to give to something that's a good cause? Maybe, maybe it's like the, the tree that's out here for the buggy bunch. Maybe it's something like CareNet. Maybe it's the source who helps feed people in our community. Maybe it's Mount Dora Children's Home. Maybe you take that money and you put it into an envelope and, and you're getting ready for Mission Sunday. It'll be here in about three months. And, and you want to you start because you believe in it. Or maybe it's somebody you know that... that that somebody in the family has lost their job and they know, you know, they're going to have a tough Christmas this year. What is it? What are ways that you can use those funds, use those ways in helping other people to share the love of Jesus? Something else that you can do is, is simply invite someone to church next week and then take them out for a meal. Share a meal with that person. Or maybe it's just, it's being very patient this time of year. <laughs> Lord knows we need it, enough of that, right? Or, or maybe it, you're praying for families around the world that are in need, like single moms or refugees, the homeless, people who live in villages without clean water, what are some of those things that we can be praying about and, and doing? Maybe it's, it's going out and, and helping and serving in some way in some of these community organizations that are out there this time of year that's trying to do good for others. You know, the baby in the manger eventually became a king, became the king. He took an interesting path to the crown, According to Mark and the way he writes his gospel, his coronation happened on the cross. And yet we know Jesus rose from the grave. He ascended to the right hand of the Father and he's waiting. He's waiting and he's coming again to receive us. And until that happens, listen, until that happens, folks, it is the love of God that continues to sustain us and to care for us. Listen to this passage from Romans 8. He says, For I am sure that neither death nor life nor angels nor rulers nor things present nor things to come nor powers nor height nor depth nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. He says there's nothing in the world. It doesn't matter whether it's dead or alive. It doesn't matter if it's something you've dealt with in the past or something you don't even know what you're going to deal with in the future. 
It doesn't matter if it's something from on high or if it's something from below. He says there's nothing that can separate you from God's love that is found in Jesus. Because Christ conquered death and he conquered Satan. Affliction, disease, persecution, hunger, need, and danger, they're all a part of the natural consequences of a life of yet to be fulfilled, right? But they have no bearing. Any of these things that go on in your life, none of those have any bearing on God's favor towards you. It has nothing to do with the bearing of God's love for us. Our short-term trials, they are difficult, but they don't matter in the end because he's coming back and he's going he's going to to finish what he started the spiritual battles that we face they are difficult and we wrestle with them but in the end it doesn't matter because christ has already won the war no matter how much we struggle with these things he's won The love of God. Jesus coming to the earth was all about love. And, and He not only wants to come into our world, He wants to come into your life. We saw that last week with Mackenzie. Made that great decision. Just baptized into Christ. Man, it's so fantastic. But we know that life is still going to be difficult. There's going to still be ups and downs, Mackenzie. But now we anticipate and we wait for his coming again. And he's coming. He's coming. And you may have some things you want to talk about in these issues. You want to come talk with me or any of the ministers or elders or maybe people in this church. Please do that because, listen, this is... This is the great message of hope and peace and love. Let's pray. Father, we come to you this day and we just thank you for allowing us to be here. Father, we thank you most of all for your son, the greatest gift of all. Father, we anticipate his coming again and we just await that day. And some days, Father, to be honest, we just want it to come right then because it's, it gets difficult down here. But, Father, you are a God of love and you're a God of all-knowing. And, and, Father, there may be others that you want us to reach for you, that you want us to shed your love on our world in some way. Father, just help us as your people. Father, I just ask you to be with all of the folks who are here. I pray a blessing upon them this week as well. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.